0: It's Good Friday, and you're listening to episode 24 of Firmly Planted. The people of the Bible do an awful lot of waiting. Abraham waits 25 years for the birth of a single son when he was promised an entire nation. And then he's around to to grieve the infertility of Isaac's marriage, and finally the birth of two sons, Meanwhile, Ishmael has 12 sons with no problem. The Israelites spend 430 years in a foreign land, most of it enslaved and persecuted. Adam and Eve spent over 900 years looking for the curse breaker, and in the end, they left behind a world growing worse with each passing day. And even though they didn't recognize that they were waiting, the followers of Jesus spent a couple of dark days waiting in despair shame, and grief. There's such comfort in these stories for us because we also find ourselves often waiting. Waiting for medical answers or cures or just relief of symptoms. Waiting for forgiveness or repentance. For the sadness and grief to ease up, for the dry spiritual desert to run out, for someone to fill the gap of aloneness, for God to feel close again. We can identify with the groaning, the begging for different circumstances, the mess we make when we try to manufacture solutions. If we read the Bible without judgment, we will see ourselves in all their trials. We feel stuck on a shelf with nothing to show for our lives. We are enslaved to sin and addictions and time. And we look for the curse breaker to come again, but we sink with weariness while the years keep slipping away. In every single one of those stories, though, there's a promise. The promise of the serpent crusher, the promise of a child and then a nation, the promise that the nation would be delivered from slavery, and the promise that Jesus would rise from the dead. Not one of those people in the Bible were left in the waiting without a promise. They usually forgot it. sometimes. It never even crossed their mind, but it was still always there to grab hold of if they would. And so with us. The way through the waiting is in walking side by side with Christ, and the way back to his side is through praise. Praise is the posture of gratitude for anything and everything we can force ourselves to notice. It opens our eyes to recognize God is still with us, It allows us to see his goodness and faithfulness when we feel untethered and far from shore. Praise helps us feel out the true edges of his character. It makes us look up, our gaze lengthening in wonder at the vastness of this divine being who yet knows our name. Praise is the pathway back to intimacy that seems dried up or lost or such a distant memory as to be altogether doubtful. We all know well the saying, if you feel far from God, guess who moved? The implication is that we've wandered off and that's why we feel alone and neglected. But I expect sometimes, maybe even often, it is God who has moved, a bit. He's stretching us, moving on in the path of maturity and growth, leading us into a deeper knowledge of Him, asking us to trust a bit more. It is we who have stayed put, expecting the last mountain high to see us through to the end. I remember Psalm 22 in the King James language of my youth, where verse 3 indicates that God inhabits the praises of His people. The ESV says He is enthroned on the praises of His people, but inhabits is more rich, vivid and comforting to my mind. I looked up the Hebrew word translated inhabits or enthroned here, a word that is used 1,088 times in the Bible. These are the various English words we get when that word shows up. Dwell, 437 times. Inhabitant, 221 times. Sit, 172 times. Abide, remain, tarry, you get the idea. Considering God's heavenly dwelling place, where Revelation says the elders and creatures unceasingly praise Him. It should come as no surprise that He is sure to be found when we join them in adoration. I know some of us are in really dark places and praising God in the midst of those seems laughable. It feels like a cruel and insensitive suggestion. But I have been there and this is what I know if we will pause long enough in the whirlwind hear the still small voice. If we'll strip away every good or bad thing from our lives, if we'll get down to the Job status of our existence, we still have every spiritual blessing heaven has to offer in Christ. Our Redeemer lives. No matter what else is happening or will occur, the most important, the only important thing is certain. It is well with my soul from the parched wasteland of the desert. We can say it is well with my soul from the dark and despairing pit. Nothing else may be solid or true anymore, but it is well with my soul. If anxiety and uncertainty are pinning you beneath an unending swell of ocean tides, still, it can be well with your soul. Lastly, and perhaps most of all, praise is a posture of trust. It says, I trust the plan, the broad, all of human time, divine plan of the one whose ways are higher than mine. I believe he is and always has been totally in control. I recognize that every promise made to the waiting people of the Bible was or is being fulfilled. It will be no different for the waiting people of this brief moment in the short speck of time in the grand scheme of eternity. In the waiting, which can seem eternal to our finite minds, we need the truth to soak into our soul like good rain and good seed into good soil. We need the scripture to be always and instantly available to make us look up, out of ourselves and our circumstances, and fix our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. Scripture, memory, and meditation are essential. In John 14, Jesus tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit is coming after him and will remind them of everything he's taught them. And it seems to me there must first be something stored away in our hearts for the Holy Spirit to draw on. We must have learned the truth, before we can be reminded of it. When I struggle with temptations, with doubts and fears, with the circumstances dealt me with grief or frustration, I find scripture bubbling up from the depths like a lifeline. I am learning to turn my mind sooner and sooner to the steadiness of the truth that I have saved up for this rainy day. I have learned, I'm constantly relearning, that it is possible, perhaps even preferable, to come before God with a thousand requests and end up praising Him for whatever it is He's already planned to do. There are so many things I desire or wish were different in my life and the lives of those I love, but when I immerse my soul in truth, I can confidently entrust every care and concern into His hands. And so can you, dear friend.